0: Welcome, to Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I got a dueling questions episode with uh, Jordan Hagedorn. Jordan majors in enthusiasm. Very excited about the hobby going forward, reverential about the past. Very big on the, the late 90s. As I'm a big fan of that golden age of card design as well. Thanks, sponsors Top Spanini Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards and uh, Concee.com and Beckett Media, Beckett Radio, Beckett Vacation. Hey
1: Jim, as always a pleasure. You know how grateful I am to be a part of anything you're doing. I've listened to many of your episodes. I followed you when I was a kid. You're one of the most driven people I've ever met and specifically in the hobby, but very much just a doer. You've used that word before. So where did you get that drive and that motivation and that ability to just really go? You and Beckett became the top dog in the hobby and uh, industry
0: leader. Where did that drive and that passion and does that motivation come from? This is amazing because my first question to you is the flip of that. Basically, it's not that you're not a hard worker, but you're a hustler. And I'm not a hustler. I'm a hard worker. So I think we come at things a little bit differently, but I didn't have any silver spoon childhood. My parents did fine. We we certainly were middle class, but a work ethic was important. Generationally in my upbringing, all my siblings, I'm the oldest of five, so I was the responsible one. But it wasn't a hustler. I just worked hard. It, it, it was more me working on stuff and outworking the person. So when the price guide thing came up, what was interesting was that I didn't have to push it. I, I had a, a business partner, Denny, who said, "I'll do all this other stuff. I'll do all the marketing. I'll do all the packaging and all that stuff. All you got to do is do the analytical work." And so I really threw myself into it. Worked really hard. And uh, as my parents worked hard and, and my siblings worked hard so it's just a way of life for our family. But like I said, I wasn't a hustler. I needed that help to get things launched. My question to you was going to be, it's not that you're not a hard worker. It's not that I don't hustle, but because I really hustled in sports. When I played sports, I was a hustler. So what's your story there? Because you've shared some of it. Part of your upbringing, and it's men and women, it's not just men. They want to achieve. They want to make their mark. So I was going to make my mark by trying to work not just harder, but smarter and harder. And longer, probably too. But I just can tell when you're talking about your LCS, I told you the way I would do it, we just tried to have the most organized and probably boring card shop that Brian Gray used to come in and sharpshoot us because we played it by the book. You're way more relational and you get so much enjoyment out of that. And your card shop's going to be way more fun. So that's my question to you. I think you're a hard worker too, but that hustle aspect of really working things, relationally especially, where's that coming from?
1: Yeah, so we grew up. We didn't have a whole lot. We had love, though. We didn't have money, but we had love. And so, how you treated people was the current. And and when you look at money, and we had friends that had money and things, and you could just see some of them just weren't happy. And so, what made me happy was love. And what my love of cards, and my love of sneakers, my love of basketball, my love of my family, and essentially, you get thrown into stuff when you're a kid. And so for me, I was in fifth grade, and and just had to hustle to win the fundraiser and win the spellathon and had to do what you could do to learn the words, win the spellathon or the spelling bee, and. And just trying to be competitive. I got that competitive nature from my dad. My dad is a very intense athlete, a family of athletes have just wanted to pursue greatness. I got the work ethic from my dad. My dad was a carpenter for 35 years and I would just see him. He wasn't a vocal leader, but by his actions, you could be led by him. I was mowing lawns and buying and selling sneakers and buying and selling cards. And we just didn't have anything. So I had 10 bucks in my pocket and I would have to go buy $6 worth of cards, trade them for $8 worth of cards, trade them for $10 worth of cards. And next thing you have 40 bucks worth of cards, by having $8. So you had to keep trading up and parlaying those things into the next thing. So my thing is I I do work hard, but I work smart. I try to work creative. My big thing is creative solutions and creative ideas and finding ways to just differentiate yourself by being a little bit more creative than the next guy. And to your point, not just carrying on a, a legacy or becoming a legend more improving on who came before. I want to be better than my dad and take what I learned from him and my grandpa and continue to help our generation's from here on out rise. And yeah, that's kind of where it comes from. It's just out of necessity, to your point. It's just inherently in your family. And same for us was creativity and hard work and hustle. And I just love people. And I got that from my mom. So I got my work ethic from my dad and my gift of gab and my my creativity from my mom. So it was actually like a perfect storm.
0: Very, very i say to my friends, when they have kids, you want them to get the best of the dad and the best of the mom and just let her rip. Okay, your turn again, because I think that was me stealing your question. So second question for me. Sure.
1: You encountered many covers. I worked at East Bay in marketing. My job was to get the cover athlete. You guys did Beckett, which was running parallel with East Bay in the 80s and 90s. How did you determine who was on the cover of Beckett magazine? Was that a, a committee? You make the final decision. How did that process work? Started the committee
0: was me, myself, and I, because there was no other team, Jordan, the first few issues. But after a while, we got some really strong people and they had strong opinions too. So I, I probably would say I was more the tiebreaker than the decision maker. Because once we had multiple sports going, it was hard to keep track of everything. One thing I think I did that uh, was different in the breaking the ties is that I really tried to uh, spread the cover choices around the country. You, in basketball, you just can't have Michael Jordan every. Actually, you could have Michael Jordan every month, but try to spread it around a little bit, different parts of the country, different teams, such that my goal was that at the end of the year or at the end of some period of time, people wouldn't say, oh, you know what? His favorite players are Roberto Clemente. He'd been on the cover every third month or something. So we really tried to strip out any bias that we had for our own personal favorites to try to be listening. And of course, you remember we had the hot list and things like that. So we were getting a lot of feedback. And yeah, I think I was more of a tiebreaker than a Heavy handed decision maker. Uh, We had lots of good choices. It was mostly guys that were involved. We had some female art directors, but the guys were choosing the subjects on our uh, price guide team for the most part, editorial team. And uh, we just all followed sports religiously. It was just, we were on top of it. Okay, my turn. 10 years from now, what are you going to be doing? What's your LCS going to look like? Are you going to be entrepreneurial in some other way? Or are you going to have a cardboard empire? What's Jordan's? Future look like in the industry. So well, you are overall,
1: right? I overall, I hope to be a great dad We're getting married and want to have a couple kids. and so that would be a number one. I'm working on starting a card shop. would love to have that for the rest of my life. I will be involved in cards in some way. Uh, shape or form the rest of my life, for sure. I got out of the hobby for a while. I'm now a lifelong hobbyist. I just love it. I will never go away from it. Continue to build relationships. They say when you're dead and gone, they judge you by how you treated yourself and how you treated others. I do want to continue to grow in the hobby mentally and the collection. Continue to refine. The goal would be to have a huge impact on my community, card-wise, and and the hobby. I love what you're doing, spreading joy and and really information and knowledge that you have, sharing it. I want to do this. I want to be a vessel for people to learn and grow and understand the hobby and to carry on your legacy, honestly, somebody who has been great for the hobby. I hope to do that through my card shop and card shows and uh, the podcast and and other ways. I think uh, connecting with all the like-minded people, seeing a lot of really amazing people coming together in the hobby to launch new things. I don't really talk about the empire as much as I just want to get up and do things that make my family and my friends happy. And I'm obsessed with the pursuit being able to pursue my passion and the hobby is the goal. Whatever that looks like over the next year, two, five, 10, 20, it is an ever moving, ever changing target.
0: It's a moving target, like a shark. <laughs> it's looking for the next assignment, and hopefully not victim. Okay, your turn.
1: Yeah. So you are retired, or so you say. I don't think you'll ever retire from the hobby. You're creating content every day. Very impressive. What does your outlook look like? I have, I have tried to get your Farbs and Jordans and Griffies, and I hope to get to Dallas to at least see a few of them, even if they're cheap ones. I would love to uh, carry on the legacy of having Dr. Beckett's 90s cards. You've talked a lot about downsizing your collection and trying to refine that and getting 10% less cards every year. But what do the next five to 10 years look like for you in the hobby
0: and life in general? 10% a year for 10 years ought to be zero. But I already admitted now on an episode that I am behind schedule, Jordan. When I was contemplating doing this episode with you, my over-under for your compliments to me per minute was one. And I think you're exceeding that. I thought you'd go... Maybe write about one compliment a minute so you're consistently complimenting. But that's the key to relational success is that you're involved and being a positive force in other people's lives. I don't do it exactly the same way, but I also want to be a positive force. Part of that is just enjoying the hobby, doing the podcast. I don't know that I'll be doing in 10 years, but it's hard for me to sell cards. I I love the cards. thinking I'm going to sell 1% a month or 10% a year. I've gone slower than that. And so either my life expectancy needs to get pushed out a little bit, which it probably every year you think, hey, I'm doing OK so far. But I need to be a little more aggressive. And that might open up some Favre and griffy possibilities for somebody in Wisconsin. We'll see. Yeah. So I need to be a little more aggressive and it's hard for me. I don't really want to be. But I want to go from having a big room of cards to a medium-sized room of cards in five years, to a small room or closet full of cards. Right now, if somebody comes over, it's too much to show them. So in five years, 10 years, seven years, I hope to have enough to where somebody can sit down and spend some time and not be overwhelmed with the volume because I still have too many. Okay, my turn. You make friends really pretty quickly because of the power of the internet and, and the social media. Because it seems like you're really able to make friends really quickly in real life or digitally that you just love people. And that comes across, it seems like you're really active socially, but then at the National, you're going to be meeting a lot of people. Maybe you met a bunch of them before, but what is that dynamic like for you when you're a nonstop people person? Some people get worn out by it.
1: It actually gives me energy. It sets me on fire to know you can meet someone that could change your life and hopefully more importantly, vice versa. When you meet certain people, they give you this confidence and this energy and courage to push forward and find out I'm a very passionate person, very confident, but I also know what it's like to be the odd man out. And so I like to make sure nobody's the odd man out. I like to make sure no man left behind. We have a rule at our football camp. Number one, be respectful. Number two, if a kid falls down, you don't point at him and laugh. You reach your hand out and you pick him up. We've all been on the end of sitting on the ground being laughed at, and uh, it's not fun. And so I, I think there's Something about being inclusive and, and trying to have fun. Obviously, you can't be friends with everyone. You can be friendly with everyone. But I just take pride in trying to treat people how I want to be treated, which is warm and, and friendly and fun. I'm a, I genuinely love sports and cards and people. And when you shake somebody's hand and say hello, you, you try to be a light in their life versus a Debbie Downer. And I always love what you say. You talk about superstar association and positive tone. I take a positive tone to life, try to meet some people who are going to bring light to each other's lives. The camaraderie of cards has come through our passion and our love of it. We become friends because we have a like-minded Approach to cards and life and just being positive. It's really interesting. There are people that come and go out of your life, but at the end of the day, you try to be somebody that people look to for positivity or heart. And and, uh, love conquers all my friends. So
0: that's my approach every day. Because they're so into cards and all the personalities and players that are out there, you think card collectors are better at remembering names? Because you've got uh, a lot of people that you know. And their names or their handles or whatever, is that hard for you or natural for you? Because for me, when I bump into somebody at the National, if I haven't seen them for five years, I'm thinking, oh, I got to remember their name. And many times I do, but sometimes I don't. So is that easy
1: for you? It's all about the subject matter, right? So when you care about something a lot, it's easier to remember. So I could sit and rattle off every set every year and a lot of collectors and a lot of people and who was on the cover of Beckett. But I couldn't actually name all the presidents and certainly not in order. And it's just because it's not my jam. It's easier to remember things you really love and care about. I care about the hobby. You know, I love my family, my wife and everything. But cards are pretty high up there as far as things I love and care about. I think that shows. So that love and authenticity and, and genuinely caring is what carries anybody through in anything they're doing. If you have a job you don't like, you're it's going to be apparent. If you have a job you love, people and man, that guy I loves his job. He loves what he's doing. I wish I could be more like that. You got to pursue what you love. I love people. I love the hobby. I love cards. I love meeting new people and having really fun experiences and cards has really been a big part of that. Okay. What are your core principles?
0: Integrity and being true to who you are and being faithful to the things that are your core beliefs. Consistency, this is marriage advice, <laughs> is that you want to be consistent, but not completely predictable. If you have integrity, then being unpredictable can be charming, can be fun, can be exciting. But my consistency is going to keep my unpredictability from calling from jail, saying, oh, I, I did something stupid. I'm not going to do anything stupid. As a husband or in any friendship, you want to delight somebody. It's the random acts of kindness. And, and it's not random when it's your wife. <laughs> It's purposeful, intentional acts of kindness and love. I don't think my energy is dissipating just yet, but eventually it will. As I look at this phase of my life, I need to go toward wisdom, which hopefully is an appreciating thing rather than the energy of being at a car show on your feet all day, even in a chair all day. even doing something you love is still pretty intense. You've
1: been very wise and I thank you for that. I love how that morphed into marriage advice because I am getting married this week. We got married last year, but we're getting married this weekend. Thank you for our wisdom and and sharing that with you.
0: Maybe I'll do an episode about the parallels between marriage and and collecting. One parallel is don't love your cards more than you love your wife. That's not (laughs) a good thing. Jordan, I love your youthful exuberance and I wish you well in your LCS that's coming on and I'll see you again. Thanks, Jordan Hagedorn. Thanks, listeners. Be back again tomorrow with another episode. The